This is the All Into Clemson Football Podcast, the official, unofficial podcast of the Clemson Tigers. What's up, everybody? Briley here. I'm here with Carter, and we just finished watching Clemson beat Virginia 41 to 23. The Tigers got a win. Here's what Dabo had to say about the game. You're out of sync. You miss a couple of easy plays, uh, drop a couple of balls that you normally uh, catch, and uh, miss a few tackles, uh, give up some, some, some frustrating plays uh, here or there. Uh, but, you know, you got to respond. And uh, so I am happy how they handled the adversity tonight. All right, the reason we play that sound is because Dabo's right. They were pretty inconsistent in this game. They beat Virginia by 18 points, but they had some mistakes. They were up and down. And the best way I could describe this would be, it's sort of like an older brother who's got his arms, his one arm out on top of his younger brother's head. And he's just keeping him at arm's length. You know, he's eating, he's drinking coffee, he's watching TV. He's not really into this fight that they're trying to have. And he could just beat his young, younger brother up and finish it. But instead, he's lazy and kind of apathetic and just keeps him at arm's length. That was sort of the way that this game went, I thought. Clemson's the older brother in this situation. And thanks for explaining that. Yeah, good. I didn't know if you understood that. But the whole game that, you know, you never felt like Virginia was actually going to come back and win this game. But Clemson definitely could have put them out of their misery a lot earlier and got those backups in. But they didn't. Yeah, I mean... They did what they had to. They, like you said, held them at arm's length, but I don't think they really need to do much more. I mean, what are you expecting from them exactly? Oh, I expected what I predicted, a 44 to 10 win. We were pretty, I mean, we were, each of us were, nah, we weren't close. Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> Not too we'll just far move off. on from that. Uh, something that you should, we should consider though, is that, you know, a team that did look good on Saturday. Oklahoma. (laughs) Just kidding. (laughs) They don't ever look good, though. Alabama, on the other hand, though, they looked real good. And because of that, uh, ESPN bumped them up to uh, first in their power rankings. Really? And Kirk Herbstreet did the same thing as well. Does it matter? Here we are again. Another season, (laughs) another disrespectful ranking from ESPN against Clemson. No big deal. It's not disrespectful when we're playing Virginia, who's not ranked. <laughs> Why are we going again? We've had the, we have these conversations every season. You oh, brought, the ACC you sucks. brought it up. I didn't bring it up. All right, so the, w- let's start with the takeaways from this game. First of all, it was just generally sloppy. That's why Virginia was able to stay in this game. Clemson had eight penalties for sixty-five yards. And there were drops, there were missed tackles, specifically against uh, Steve Young, Brandon Armstrong. You know him. Nothing like <laughs> what he was described before the game. All right, raise your hand if you got really, really <laughs> tired of people describing him as the Hall of Famer, Steve Young. I'm raising my hand, Carter. No, 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 no. Yeah, he's raising his hand. All right, there we go. I got tired of that. But they missed a bunch of tackles. He, I mean, he had success on the ground scrambling against Clemson. Now, at least they didn't have any turnovers, so that was good. But um, overall, it just they weren't quite as sharp as they were in the first couple of games. And I think we could probably attribute that to the fact that Virginia, though they're not an elite team, they're still the best team that Clemson has played so yeah, far. Yeah, they're the best quality opponent so far. But again, they've only played <laughs> Wake Forest in the Citadel. Yeah, so. <laughs> the standard isn't very high at this point. 
Yeah. Overall, though, I mean, like you said, they they did everything they needed to do. They made the big plays when they had to. And that's mo- kind of moving on to the next point is that the offense, they had explosive plays. Yeah. But they kept getting into these like third and long situations. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they kept getting bailed out by a great pass by Trevor Lawrence or uh, Travis Etienne just, you know, catching a ball and making some amazing plays or things like that. And so um, that this is something that we I, I was concerned with last year. We talked about this several times last year. And the, the issues that we had with the offense was they would have these explosive plays and yet they couldn't seem to put together drives, you know, those plotting drives. And so mm-hmm. we, I think we kind of saw them revert back to that in this game, which again, we love to see those explosive plays. In fact, we talked about it uh, throughout the week this last week during the, the news updates. But we really, we really need to start seeing those those chunk plays come through where they, you know, they put together an eight or nine play drive, so on and so forth. You get, you yeah. Get the I idea. mean, it didn't feel like last year though. They still, I don't. It was just a feeling. I can't really describe it, but they just felt and looked better. Still, I get what you're saying, but I mean, they again, they did what they had to, and like Virginia was never actually in the game, even at halftime when we were only twenty four to ten. Like you never thought that Virginia was really in the game, so they they pulled off what they needed to, and they're on to Miami now. <laughs> That's right, game day coming to Clemson next week. I cannot wait for the whole country to see that Miami is still not back. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see about that. I don't know. It could be a fun game. We'll uh, we'll chat about it more this week. As you were talking about, um, this is just in the first half. Clemson's third downs were third and 16, third and 12, third and three, third and two, third and nine, third and six, third and 13. There's a lot of double digit numbers in there that you don't yeah. like to see. And the second half wasn't a whole lot better. Overall, though, I mean, they converted uh, at a decent rate. They were eight of 15. So, uh, you know, not bad. That, that's a good percentage, obviously. But let's try not to get into those those long third down uh, conversions necessary. Yeah. I mean, we know we can get big plays, so we know we can get out of a third down when we need to, but let's not get back to that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Speaking of big plays or the opposite of big plays, I should say, Joseph Ngata, some of you may have noticed this. He didn't touch the ball a single time in that game. And that's a little concerning because he was supposed to be one of the big playmakers coming into this season. And so far, he hasn't done a whole lot. So here's what Dabo Sweeney had to say about that. He's just he's just hadn't really been able to practice uh, like he wants to. I mean, he's been he's been battling a little bit of a ab strain, and uh, he's a very lean guy. You know, it's 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 frustrating uh, because I mean, he's he had as good a camp as anybody. I mean, man, uh, he, you know, but he'll get he'll get going. All right, so this will be something that we should definitely keep an eye on from here on out. Um, he was a late game scratch against the Citadel with an ab strain. And now it seems to still be affecting him to this point. We, I mean, Clemson still has good receivers out there. We'll talk about Travis Etienne here in a minute, but he really stepped up in the receiving game. Frank Ladson looked good. And of course, Amari Rogers, the ever it steady. Looked really good, actually. He did. It's Although you, one drop. I, okay, you beat me to it. I was about to say you were trashing him about his his one difficult catch drop there. No, it, that would have been a very difficult catch, but 
still should have had it, you know. That's right. Always wanting more out of these guys. <laughs> Except you're the one making excuses for their lackluster performance. Anyway, moving Move on. on. Uh, but getting back to Joseph Ngata, this needs to be something that we see improvement from this season. We need to see him on the on the field. We need those uh, big play makers on the side of the field catching balls from Trevor Lawrence. And so it's okay when you're playing Virginia to not see him and not have those um, receivers out there, but we need to see that change, I think. So that's just so you know, he's apparently still uh, catching up from that injury. And I said we were going to talk about ETN here in a minute. And here we are. Man, that boy had a game. Sure did. Looked good. That's right. And that was actually one of the keys to the game that we discussed in the preview was to feed Travis Etienne the ball. And that they did, thankfully. Um, I don't, I mean, that first touchdown that he had where he broke three or four tackles. Ran over people. Yeah, he was looking (laughs) real good. That's what I like to see. And we really haven't seen much of that this season because Trevor Lawrence has looked good. They've only been playing in the first half, blah, blah, blah. It was really great to see him um, just take over this game and keep Clemson in the game. When we talk about those third and long situations, ETN bailed them out of several um, plays. I remember, I, I, I think it was in the second quarter, the announcer, it was like third and forever. Yeah, it was on their own side of the ball or the field. Yeah. It's like third and 14 and they just dumped it off to ETN. Yeah, and the announcer was like, oh, a conservative play from Clemson. And then, whoop, there's the first down. You know, like he just, he, he's, he has the ability to turn nothing into something. And so that was good. He had uh, 14 carries for 73 yards and a touchdown, and he also had five receptions for 114. So he led the team with receiving yards, like a running back. Uh, that's pretty good. Yes. <laughs> it's like good and bad at the same time. Well, it's not bad. It gives Trevor Lawrence a whole other option, though, which I don't think he had that as much last year with ETN as a pass catcher out of the backfield. So he's got that this year. Yeah, and that's something that they the, – they were improving on throughout the offseason, or excuse me, uh, Travis Etienne was, was his uh, receiving. And so that's, again, I mean, that's obviously an, a whole nother dynamic when you can pull out your running back and uh, have him become an option for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, here's what uh, Travis Etienne had to say about the way that he likes to run the ball. And I, uh, I just have to go in there with a the mindset, just expecting to break those travels, uh Having that mindset that not one man can get me down in uh, that's that's just my job. The offensive line get me to the second level. I gotta be. Uh, I, I gotta repay those guys by breaking those tackles, and I can't. And, and they, they they expect that from me. So how to just bring that mentality each and every play. Uh, just get in zone. Uh, get the first down. Uh, just having that mindset that not one man can bring me down. All right. Before we break that down, I got a quick question for you. Yeah. What's that? Could you understand any of that? Nope. <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna sound uh, great over the podcast too i'm sure yes it'll be great so the reason that sounds muffled is because he was wearing a mask of course which we appreciate him doing but it makes it difficult to hear what i want you to get from that is that he said his mindset is that not one man can bring him down very true because as we saw on that first touchdown uh not one not two not three sound like LeBron james here (laughs) could not bring him down and that's that's the way we want to see we need that from ETN, we want, we want to see that Heisman caliber running ability for sure. And uh, speaking of, well, not Heisman, but uh, Hall of Fame players, Dabo's been doing this a lot So in, this week. So he compared Brandon Armstrong to uh, Steve Young, and then he compared Travis ETN to this player. He reminds me of Walter Payton. That's what he reminds me of. Uh, just 
growing up watching Walter Payton and that that leg drive, that ability to you know run through tackles. People just kind of bounce off his hips. He needs to stop comparing these guys to these Hall of Famers. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, in fairness to Dabo, the reporter asked him who, you know, who does uh, Etienne remind him of? So. That's a uh, rather stupid question. He's probably not going to say some average running back in the NFL right now, I guess. But <laughs> yes, we should stop comparing these current players to the best players in NFL history. All right. Can we just say that right here and now? We are saying that right here and now. <laughs> all right. Okay. The next thing that we want to talk about is the secondary, which, by the way, stepped the heck up in this game. That's for sure. And we're all going to talk about the great one handed. It's an Odell Beckham style grab that our boy Andrew oh, Booth man. had. What an interception. It was amazing. Play the game easily. I didn't really get super excited about anything in this game except for that play. I put my I, I did the Cobra surrender for some reason. <laughs> I was just like, what? And that was, I mean, it, that was the best highlight of the day. There were three main highlights from this game. Travis Etienne's first touchdown, Amari Rogers. Superman into the end zone. Well, half Superman. <laughs> and then Andrew Booth's one-handed interception in the end zone against uh, the 6'7 receiver for Virginia. And uh, I believe someone uh, during the preview episode was just saying, uh, who cares about this 6'7 guy? <laughs> I, I take it that wasn't me. No, no, no. No. I didn't think so. He looks rather weak out there, like I said he would be. So. Yes, they... He had a few big plays. They they gave up the secondary gave up some big plays to him in the first half. Granted, Armstrong, the Virginia quarterback, didn't look amazing. He started one of nine, so that uh, was a good thing for the secondary. But part of that was because the secondary looked really really good. Again, they gave up a few big plays, but I don't know if you were watching. Darion Kendrick had three. Pa- pass breakups mm-hmm. in the first half yeah he dk came to play that game and that was I, we need to see more of that obviously but we've had questions about andrew booth for a while last season specifically wasn't all that impressive he's a former five-star recruit so you expect him to be a real superstar and we saw glimpses of that in this game he had some big tackles he had some big pass breakups and obviously that impressive interception he played a wide receiver in high school. So mm. you saw the glimpses of that as yeah. well. And after the game, he spoke to how um, that was a big confidence booster for him. He seems like the you know a type of guy who um, is confident in his ability, but needs some of those plays to make sure that he remains at the high level of confidence. Oh man, it helps a tremendous amount. Uh, that's just one thing that I've been battling with is you know, trying to keep my confidence up. You know, just it's, it's been a battle me versus me, and um, that 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 was, that's definitely a confidence booster. You know what I'm saying? So I really needed that. That's really gonna give it to you if you keep making plays like that. That's for sure. Mm-hmm. And uh, probably if people like us stop dumping on him, that would help as well, right? <laughs> Might help a little bit because <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure he listens to this podcast for sure. Oh, of course, uh, of course. But I mean. Uh, Brennan Armstrong did throw for 270 yards and three touchdowns. So as far as the stat line goes, you pro- you know, you might if you didn't watch the game and you just look at the stat line, you might think, well, that, you know, Virginia has some success and they did have some success. But overall, I would say that uh, Clemson secondary looked pretty good. They came away with, came away with two interceptions as well. Um, and they won the turnover battle, which is something that 
they haven't this is the first time they've done that so far this yeah. season and i don't know if some of it had to do with uh Brandon armstrong not being patient enough but he ran the ball 22 times quarterback ran the ball 22 times that's insane and a lot of those were just scrambles that he couldn't find anybody and just started running so credit yeah. to clemson's secondary that's for sure yeah exactly and he only averaged four yards a rush it looks like for 89 yards wow um, he ran the ball a lot, especially in the first half. That surprised me. Yeah. Steve I, Young running out there. <laughs> yeah, look at him go. I think that's typical of those young quarterbacks, though. You know, yeah. who, maybe they get a little skittish in the pocket, so they decide that they're just going to run out there. But, yeah, I I was impressed with the secondary, and uh, we need to see that because, as we mentioned, next week, Miami. And they're going to be challenged next week as well. Yeah. Um, all right, should we even talk about this? I don't know. BT Potter, good. Dude, came through. Yeah, he looked really good. And maybe that yelling from Dabo at the end of last season really paid off because he's been superb so far this season. I mean, long kicks. He's our boy now. That's right. <laughs> I feel so bad. I just keep expecting him to miss and uh make big <laughs> you're still mistakes. when he lines up you're like oh please go in yeah. please go in i am a little bit uh, but no, yeah, started out good on that first possession other than our offense not capitalizing on the yes. first kickoff yes like, was it like a 47 yarder at the start of the game yeah i think that was his first kick which was great but i mean going into the special teams so we've talked about this how clemson in years past has been kind of a two-dimensional team which are I mean, I, I don't want to say the most important, but they're the most um, talked about, which is the offense and the defensive side of the ball. They've been really good on those sides of the ball. But the special teams is where we've seen the lack of explosion and consistency. And we've seen that so far this season. And so I would say that this is maybe one of the most complete Clemson teams that Dabo has put out on the field. And we saw that not only with uh, the kick returns, Armari Rogers had a decent punt return in the game as well. And BT Potter's looking good. Will Spears uh, had some good kicks as well. And and so thankfully, I I mean I'll always I'll probably always feel this whenever I see a special teams play. But um, there's less concern going on on that side of the field. Yeah, that I have no concern actually at all. So <laughs> I don't even think about it. No, no, no. It doesn't keep you up at night at all. No, it's my time to go get something to drink or something to eat. <laughs> okay, <laughs> that's good. I'm glad to hear. All right, so. I mean, I, I guess the biggest takeaways from this game is that it was a win. Ho-hum, they won. Some good things, some bad things. But I, I think we could definitely say that they need to clean it up a little bit before they play the top 10 Miami, who's coming to town next week. Yeah. Like, as you, What does it say? Like some do some fine-tuning a little bit. Yeah. But not not a whole lot. I Trying to find something to nitpick about this game, but there was another win for us. Well, I think there's plenty to nitpick, but... Overall, you're just pleased that you come away, you know, come away with the win. Yeah, that's for sure. To finish off today's episode, we're going to talk about our Tiger King of the Week. This segment, of course, is brought to you by Anchor. All right, I'll give my Tiger King of the Week first, and I'm going to hand this unbelievably prestigious award over to Travis Etienne. We've already talked about him plenty, but... Man, we really need that new dimension in our offense that we haven't seen in the first couple of weeks, but we saw this week. He had a great week. Let's try to get him back in the Heisman conversation, shall we? I don't know about that far, but I did like what I saw from Travis Etienne. 
I'm going to go with uh, Amari Rodgers. It was really good to see uh, him out there making plays um, for Trevor Lawrence, getting open for him. He put himself in great positions, and Trevor Lawrence hit him right on, right on the numbers. So it was really good to see Amari Rodgers. He's turning into that. Uh, he's not like the alternate wide receiver that he was last season. He's turning into the main weapon. Doesn't have the size, but he's got the speed and athleticism. So it's good to see him. Yeah, that's come a good point. He's not coming out. He's not like the change of pace wide receiver, yeah. the slot guy. He's actually like a real target. He's threat. the main weapon now. So <laughs> yeah, it's true. <laughs> Very true. Okay, so uh, we're also going to talk about our Carol Baskins of the week. <laughs> and uh, I'll go ahead and go first, and I'm going to hand mine over to Bronco Mendenhall, the Virginia coach, uh, specifically because Mr. Mendenhall, and I don't know if this really affected any part of the game, but I just wanted to give it to him. Uh, he wasted all three of his timeouts very, very quickly in the game. He just <laughs> burned them like they were going out of style. And uh, I think it probably did affect them in, in the second quarter right before half. But he's my Carol Baskins of the week. Who you got? All right. And I'm going to go with, uh, I can't think of anyone specific really from either team, actually. So I'm just going to go with the whole team of Virginia. I mean, <laughs> why don't you just go with the whole state of Virginia while you're There at? you go. I mean, thinking that they were going to come in and win against Clemson. Who do you think you are? Come on. <laughs> we did get a lot of flack this week on from uh I don't know what they call themselves, Who's Nation or something, uh, on Twitter. So Who's Who's? Yeah. Take that, Virginia Twitter. Eat it. 18-point victory. All right. So uh, one thing that we didn't mention, and I, I should have started with this at the top, but uh, Virginia was actually missing seven players mm -hmm. and a coach due to the virus. Yeah. Um, and none of them were starters, apparently. So I don't know what their backups are up to these days, going to backup parties or... Uh, maybe that's a, <laughs> it's not a bad party. I don't know. <laughs> Never heard of it. But uh, I don't think that affected the outcome of the game by any means. But just so you know, that happened. All right. Now you know. Well, it's out there. So you got to protect yourself. It's true. It's true. But they can't use that as an excuse, I don't think, for no, losing this no, game. No. All right. We don't want to give it to them. They All right. Suck. That's right. <laughs> that's right. All right. We're looking forward to this week. They play, uh, Clemson plays Miami. Game day is coming to Tigertown. We're looking forward to it. Be sure to stick with us this week. We're going to bring you daily updates as to the news surrounding Clemson and Miami. And then, of course, on Friday, we will give you the best daggone preview you're ever going to get. Daggone. You feel the pressure, Carter? Oh, I feel it. Good. All right. Thanks for listening. Be good out there. We will see you tomorrow. Tomorrow.